4: Coming
5: to you from Hollywood, Los Angeles, California, America, it's the nation's favorite new-time
4: podcast in the style of old-time radio, The Thrilling Adventure Hour.
1: Hi, guys. It's me, Ben Blacker, and this is Ben Acker. Hi, guys. It's me. And uh, so we have been thrilled with the response to the Kickstarter campaign, and we are so excited to announce that we get to do the graphic novel. Uh, So thank you all for supporting us in that. Uh, If you want to learn more about the Kickstarter campaign, go to our website, thrillingadventurehour.com. Ben and I got together this morning to talk about the graphic novel and the Sparks Nevada uh, episode in it specifically. And we got so excited talking about it that we wanted to bring in Mark Evan Jackson and Mark Gagliardi to talk more about it. And find out what these guys like about Sparks, about playing Sparks and Croach. Uh, so say hello. Hello. Uh,
6: I'm Mark Gagliardi. And I play Sparks Nevada, Marshall on Mars. I also am Mark Gagliardi. <laughs> um, I'm Mark Evan Jackson. I play Sparks Nevada, Marshall and Mars. I was lying before. Mm-hmm. I play Croach the Tracker. Right, right, right. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I nearly said Croach the Tractor on stage inadvertently in the commercial that we did on Saturday <laughs> uh, after the episode, and I actually said it backstage. Uh, it just came out, hi, folks, I'm sorry, we're spokes Nevada and Croach the Tractor, <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, oh, I might keep that.
1: <laughs> you know what, You know what's funny? Uh, you know, you mentioned the, the ads that we do after each piece of the show. Mm-hmm. The podcast audience might not necessarily know about these. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. We've only put out some. Yeah, we've only put out a couple. Do you guys want to talk about that at all? Sure. There are very frequently
6: um, ads for one of at least two products uh, Patriot mm-hmm. brand cigarettes, a fictitious brand of uh, jingoistic uh, smoking material. And then the uh, the other is Work Juice brand coffee and coffee related products, which does exist. Work I suppose Juice it brand does, coffee does yeah. now.
1: Have you, tri- have you guys tried it? No, I have not. <laughs> no, seriously, like it's, this
6: is not an ad. It's really good. It apparently exists. It's uh, it is formulated in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, mm-hmm. I believe, and apparently has the <laughs> maximum mecca p- Omaha, Nebraska. Nebraska. You know, yeah. Pacific yeah. Northwest, not anymore. Uh, that's the Seattle of Nebraska? It apparently has all the caffeine that's legally allowable or whatever. The, it does yeah. really. Yeah. It's it's amplified caffeine somehow. Yes.
1: It's. I had a little bit before coming here, and I honestly a am a little, little shaky. In. Sure, um, but yeah, Paul Pape, who does all our merchandise, uh, said, "Do you guys want to do coffee tins?" And he made this nice design for it. Or who actually did the design? Dean Trip. That's um, right. Did project the project rooftop? Yeah, did the king of coffee uh, as a honey nut Cheerios gentleman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. It's this cartoon Paul of Tompkins and then Paul said we really should. Uh, Paul, Paul Pape. Pape said we really should have coffee. I know these roasters, and he sent me like three different kinds to try. And hilarious, they're they're, they're really good.
5: Scalpel. Scalpel Forceps Forceps Work juice Work juice? That's right, nurse. Get me a coffee and make sure it's work juice. This is the hardest surgery I've ever done, and it's an emergency to save this man's life. If my reflexes aren't up to scratch, this man could die, and he's an important man. Yes, doctor. Hang on, you important SOB. Just hang on. Here you go, doctor. Work juice. Perfect. Ah. Come on, man. I'm only saving your life. Doctor? It's no use. His guts aren't reacting. If only I could give them the same jolt I'm getting from this superior work juice coffee. Wait a second. By George, I've got an idea, and it's a doozy. Nurse, get me an IV drip of work juice. Yes, doctor.
0: 400 cc's
5: yes doctor
0: we'll get you
5: out of the woods yet you important
0: bastard i will say about the ads i love the ads because frequently they're just uh it's just a short little here's just a random idea that we had there was one that was my favorite one was the uh supreme court it was that one has
2: come out on the podcast
0: that one one has come out on the podcast yes and it was uh it's the simplest idea of treating the Supreme Court like a first day of school, including the line, well, they called recess and everyone went outside. That line uh, sold me on that ad. It was like, I love this ad so much. Absolutely.
4: Recess! Supreme recess! Well, they called recess and everyone went outside. None of the other justices even talked to me. That is, until I took out a pack of Patriot brand cigarettes. I wasn't even thinking about it. I just wanted something to go right. And then something did. Hey.
5: New guy. Is that a Patriot brand cigarette? Yeah. Want one? Yeah. Thanks. Hey, new guy. What's your name? Simon. Simon? You're going to do just fine
4: on the Supreme Court. (laughs) And I knew that I would. Thanks, Patriot Brand Cigarettes.
1: Let's talk about... I said we'd spend a little time talking about uh, how we started doing this show. It's, I feel like it's a little well-trod since uh, Ben and I, and you guys too, have appeared on podcasts and had to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mark Angliardi, you were there yes. from the very beginning.
0: From the absolute very beginning. <laughs> sit down and read this uh, enormous um, uh, motion picture yeah. version of it. Yeah. So you Stop. played Tex. In that, I played Tex. And uh, Mike Ross played Croach. And oh uh, Holmes Osborne played Sparks Nevada Marshall on Mars. I am to be those guys, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you totally should. Um, and it was, uh, I guess, yeah, it was just such a really fun time. And I, was there something about like a. There were all kinds of crazy villains in this thing. There were. Uh, well, yeah, Billy
1: the Bot was in it. Billy the Bot right? showed up. I believe. Steel hands. John Steele. It was
0: Steel like every villain customary. that eventually got used uh, in the first season of the show. Like, in, in in their own
6: individual episodes, all were sort of, you know, mm-hmm. mishmashed into this. And to be clear, this was uh, long before the Thrilling Adventure Hour a staged show was ever conceived of. You guys had written a feature script, right? A, mm-hmm. a movie script that was meant to be live action or meant to be animated? Live action. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, you guys did this uh, feature script initially, right? And uh, we're so enamored with the reading and the way I've ar- always heard you tell the story is that it, you it, you felt like the actors were bringing so much more to it than you even intended. That you were like,
2: how do we do this more frequently, right? Yeah, how do we exploit our friends? <laughs>
1: Yeah, and the uh, we were kind of playing with Beyond Belief as a different thing, uh, as like a sitcom idea or various other.
6: And you're still kind of yeah. tweaking it, right? Because it really constantly hasn't, it hasn't found its
2: stride. <laughs> constantly, right?
1: Beyond what?
6: Yeah, right. I do remember uh, you and I talking on
0: the phone, uh, Ben Acker, uh, when uh, right after this had happened and you guys had first come up with the idea of doing the radio version of it live on stage, uh, because that was the excitement of it. You were like. So this is the idea that we have. We're going to keep doing exactly what we just did, but we're going to put that on a stage. And so that everybody can hold their scripts, we're going to pretend it's old-time radio. It's like, oh, that's genius. So it didn't start as the idea being old-time radio. The idea started as... Let's just get people to do to com- have to commit the least amount of time possible to right. doing
6: it um, so that we can get all of these people that we want to get. And Which remains, 200 years later, right. one, one of its most appealing selling points, I think, to guests.
1: <laughs> the, right? the little yeah.
2: work that you have to do. <laughs> not even me, but I think, to, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't sell the guests on how little work Mark
1: Evan Jackson does.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's not for them to know. <laughs> they intuit it.
6: No, but I think that that makes it really yeah. easy, right?
1: It's an can, easy ask. Yeah. I mean, I remember when we went to J.K. Simmons, right. it, it was a very easy thing for you to approach him and say, it's sure. a lot of fun, you walk on stage, you're holding your script. Couldn't be easier, yeah. yeah.
0: And for the musical episode for that guy, it seemed perfect because the guy can read music, too. Oh, that was amazing. It's like, oh, we'll just hand him this on a page as well.
1: Yeah, well, that was, do you want to talk about that? Uh, when we were running the musical Sparks stuff at Andy Paley's house. Mm-hmm.
2: Right, we had sent him the demos. And he walked in the first time he met most of us, and it was. Did you did you get the demos? Did you receive the uh, the the demos? And, yeah, I got them. He said. I didn't really listen. Do you have this? Do you have this written down? Yeah. Do you have the charts? Do you have the charts? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we handed him the charts, and he took a look at it in as much time as it would take you to start a page and finish a page, and looked the rest. Looked at us and said, yeah, "I got it." Yeah, and, <laughs> he, and he did.
6: Oh man, did It he was he, amazing. Uh, did he ever? Yeah. He mopped the stage with me. It was fantastic. <laughs> oh, it was great. He was so so <laughs> skilled.
2: We just kept giving him longer things to hold and mm-hmm. it was yeah. he was like longer notes to hold. Right. And it was can you yeah. can you do this if we if we stretched out like that? And he said, If I can if I can keep breathing, I can I can <laughs> sing it.
6: Yeah. No, he um he, you know, very humbly limped into all that stuff and was like, "I, I think I probably can." And it was like, <laughs> yeah. I think Andy asked him if he could hold it for eight counts, and I think on the night it, we got, you know, well beyond sixteen. Yeah. I mean, it was a, it was a showstopper. He, there was an applause break in the middle of our <laughs> duet.
5: Where are you, Nevada? I know you're out there somewhere, but where?
4: I'm here, right here Where are you
5: hiding, hombre?
4: I ain't hiding, no I'm just laying low I'm I'm gonna gonna kill kill you someday. someday
5: Don't know when My poor doomed friend
4: your demise will not surprise me in any way I'm just the cuss to do it don't bet on living through it yes I'm gonna kill you someday I'll rip you apart
5: I feel it in my heart so strong
4: Killing you be wrong. It can't be wrong.
5: Maybe June, some afternoon. Hmm. How's August? Sure. October? Yep. Or May. <laughs> <laughs> Wherever go, there's one thing you should know, I'm gonna
4: kill you, it'll give me such a thrill too, I'm gonna kill you someday.
1: So, Gags, you were there Mm -hmm. from before the beginning, from that first reading. Yes. Did we know we were going to make him Croach when we... No. Did he play Tex in the first thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Was Croach in the first episode? T-E-C-H-S. Finally. Uh, Do you get it? Yeah. Do you get it? Tex? uh, Yeah.
2: We had... uh, We had... Actually, we had Tex in the first episode that we ever did it. That's what I thought. Uh, And I think we had Mike Ross for that.
0: Episode. Mike Ross Who played
2: Croach in the first episode? Is that tr- no, we didn't have Croach in the first episode. Yeah. Oh, he came in was the
6: gift from the tribe in episode two. Yeah. Yeah. This part is not of interest to me.
1: <laughs> Let's talk about uh, how we found our new sparks, because it was apparent that Holmes. Our <laughs> <are laughs> new
0: new sparks. You're still the oh, new, yeah. guy. The placeholder sparks. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're the Matt <laughs> Smith
6: of Sparks, Nevada's second <laughs> sparks. The second, sparks. <laughs> okay. the second right. and fourth so sparks. And this part is also not of interest to me.
2: <laughs> you want to talk more about Holmes? A little bit. Holmes, um, you wound up playing Tex.
4: Yeah. Yeah. In oh. a lost
2: recording, about twenty feet apart.
4: No, we're closer than that. Uh, how about now? Now. Now. Alright, keep going. Uh, Stop. What? Stop, I said. Uh. How far is this? That's 25 feet. Hang on, I'll come closer. No, no, not too close.
6: How's it start? Do we wait for something to happen? Uh, The lady drop a hanky? Well, now,
4: there's two ways to go. We wait for something like you say. Like we we wait for the clock to come round, or else we we watch each other, and then and then when one of us draws, so does the other. I'm so, I'm having trouble hearing you. Oh, sorry. I say we either wait for the clock to turn, or else we watch each other, and then when one of us draws, so does the other.
6: Uh, let's do the clock one.
4: Sorry, what's that?
6: I said the, the clock way sounds good. Let's do that.
4: Oh, it is. Now. Wait for the man at hand to turn, and then we draw. All right, sounds good. How's that? I was just clear, nothing, nothing.
1: Are you sure that clock's working? So Holmes, who does not live in Los Angeles, um, we knew would not be able to monthly play Sparks Nevada, so began the search for... Uh, the real Sparks Nevada. Oh, there it is. <laughs> and For we're now. still looking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Um, and you were uh, at Second City teaching and uh, doing shows. Yep, was ben, ben had seen you in a show. On Wednesday nights, the instructors
6: at Second City, um, Dave Rizowski and Scott Adsett and Craig Kikowski and I would um, uh, perform. You know, the idea at Second City was that because there's not a main stage company here to sort of demonstrate for the students what the final outcome of the curriculum is, that we would do it on Wednesday nights. We would improvise. And, uh, yeah, I had known Mark Gagliardi through the program. And after a Wednesday night show, Gag said, uh, hey, there's this guy, Ben Acker, I want you to meet. He's got something he wants to pitch you. And so we went next door to the bar at the improv, and we've never left the bar since. <laughs> You're welcome for
0: introducing the two of them, Sparks, Nevada fans. <laughs>
1: uh, and seeing Jackson and, and then considering him for Sparks was an interesting shift in the character for us.
2: It used to be more Gary Cooper. Mm-hmm. And then. Oh, from, interesting. And then from, yeah. From you might have your... mentioned that. <laughs> We've we found you. Okay.
0: you. Now it's all Mark Evan Jackson. Can't wait to see how the next guy does it.
6: I know, right? <laughs> I will um, I will burn Hollywood to the ground.
1: Well <laughs> what what we keep saying when we keep telling this story is uh, when we found you to play and you were agreed to play Sparks, it uh, became a collaboration. You know, as it's sort of become with all of the actors who have regular roles, it's really uh, you know the actor has as much input as we do. We're just kind of telling the story and shaping it around that actor.
6: I think of it as a, being sort of a pre-laboration because um, it, it we were not very far down the road of doing Sparks Nevada Marshall on Mars before it really felt like you guys were writing things I might say on my own. Do you know, <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I don't mean true. that. I don't mean that uh, to be like at all. I just mean like. I got there, and it's like, this is really funny to me. Um, and, uh, like, I remember a couple times calling you and being like, did I say that already? Like, <laughs> did I say that and you wrote it down? And the same thing I, uh, I remember happening with drones. Because once drones came out, you guys got an early screener of it. And Acker called me, and we was like, he listed two lines that I said in the movie. He's like, did I write that or did you write that? <laughs> and, uh, like, I think that's a great uh, sign of success when you're, you know, when things are so canon or so within the world that they uh, they fit, whether they were on the page or not.
2: Not only that, but early on we discovered that we would have to we would only have to write h- half the line for you.
6: Yeah, like that we- happened the other night, as a matter of fact, because uh, we did the uh, Saturday night this past Saturday. We did a, a quick reading backstage, and I added a couple of things here and there. And Blacker came to me afterwards and said, keep those in. And I said, thank you. And he said, I actually wrote those in. Acker took them out and
2: said, he'll put them in anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's been that way. Yeah. It has, yeah, from like the from very the, beginning. From the, yeah,
2: first or second episode, it was like, well, we could write all this, but let's save paper.
6: Well, what's great about it, I think, everybody involved is that the skill level is so high and just the the sort of stage love is so uh, prevalent that like nobody's hot-dogging or whatever and so... People know to mow me over so that if they've got a long speech, they know I'm going to go, guys, can we,
1: mm-hmm.
6: can we? Mm-hmm. all right. But I didn't, that doesn't make, you know, and not to stop, not to be polite, to mow me over and that I'm not going to upstage them with it. I'm just going to try to keep it, you know, it's a little prod, a little whip to keep it moving. But well,
0: I noticed backstage, too, uh, you will throw these little whips and prods and uh, sidelines and bits in. Uh, and I think, you know, in just in listening to the read-through, I'm thinking these are all off-the-cuff things and just, you know, BSing around backstage. Uh, this particularly happened this past Saturday, and then we get up on stage to uh, and we begin doing the episode. And it is the exact same what sound like off-the-cuff bullshit. No, I'm tremendously The exact same uh, off-the-cuff skilled. bullshit. Yeah, no, 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 I, I, listen, I will. My job is to sit here and compliment Mark Evan Jackson as his uh, nearly eight-year sidekick. Uh, I'm the equivalent of the hype man that follows him wearing a big necklace that says Jackson. and my Hands in the air. Gia.
6: You're
2: very kind to say nice things. Uh, hey, we have a clip. Of a last episode that has a monologue with Mark Evan Jackson interrupting.
6: Excellent. Which one?
2: It is from an episode that almost worked. It was early in the Largo days. Oh, really? We were finding our footing there. Okay. And uh, Blacker and I overwrote the hell out of uh, Space Jaws, a Time Shark episode. Time oh, Shark yeah. Time yeah. Right? This and the uh, there's speech? a great Quint. Uh, Paul Tompkins playing Space Quint <laughs> <laughs> uh, giving the Indianapolis speech.
7: Oh, this... It's a, it's a two.
3: <laughs>
7: Missy, that's the USS Earth.
3: You were on the Earth?
6: Why, what happened? What's the USS Earth?
3: It's a vessel in the Second Star War.
7: Jupiter saucer slammed two photon torpedoes into our side, chief. I was coming back from the moon, Ganymede me just delivered deliver the cosmic cube, the one we used on Jupiter. 1,100 clones went into space. I was number 1,050. Didn't see the time shark for minutes. But what we didn't know was our cube mission was so secret, no distress signal had been sent. They didn't even list us overdue for a week. Before long, Chief The time shark comes cruising In and out of the present So we formed ourselves into tight groups It was Sort of like you see in the calendars You know, the infantry squares And the analog calendars Like the Battle of the Uranus, Uranus man, yeah.
6: You know the calendars yeah, yeah. I'm
7: talking about You said the Uranus man when I did So it proves you know <laughs> The idea was the shark come to the nearest clone That clone, he starts pounding and hollering And sometimes that shark, he go away Sometimes he wouldn't go away Sometimes that shark looks right into you Right into your eyes The thing about a shark is A time shark anyway He's got lifeless eyes Black eyes Like a a lizard man from Mercury's eyes When he comes at you Doesn't even seem to be living Till he bites you And those black eyes roll over white, And then Ah, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming as he drags that clone back through time and erases him entirely. And despite all your pounding and your hollering, that time shark comes in and rips you out of existence. Yeah. By the end of that first dawn, lost 100 clones. He average six of us an hour. Thursday morning, Chief, I, I bumped into a friend of mine, number 981, he looked a bit like me. I thought he was asleep I reached over to wake him up Turns out he was asleep So I woke him up Then the time shot got him He screamed and off they went
6: Don't ask him any more questions
7: Now hold on a second At noon on the fifth day a rocket ship swung in low, and he spotted us, a young pilot, a lot younger than Blue here. Anyway, he spotted us, and a few hours later, big fat rescue shuttle come down start to pick us up. You know, that was the time I was most frightened, waiting for my turn. I'll never put on a jetpack again. So I went into space, number 1,050 of 1,100, I come out number 5 of 5. Chuck took the rest June the 29th, 29.45. Anyway, we delivered the Cosmic Cube.
1: What is your favorite part about playing your respective characters?
0: Uh, For me, with uh, Croach the Tracker, it has been uh, starting with the idea that he is completely emotionless, and then, over the course of the arc of these past several years, playing this character and his it's his changing relationship with emotion uh, because it began as something he didn't understand. And then I believe it was due to his whoa. Let's uh, not
1: spoil or anything. <laughs> we'll bleep that.
0: All right. Uh, <laughs> oh, nice. Has that ep- Have these episodes aired?
1: No. We haven't even recorded oh, haven't done, them. No, <laughs> oh, we haven't done that. We haven't done those episodes yet. Let's talk about Bar and right. we'll, then we'll go back to that. Um, we did the show at Bar, which was a 100-seat supper club for five years. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that different? I remember. Sure. <laughs> you, you guys were there. How was that different uh, from Largo?
0: There's a very different sense of uh, the connection between the uh, actors and the audience. I think at mbar we're out amongst everyone, half the time, uh, All usually our guest stars, and half the time the regular cast are sitting with tables of friends through whatever acts they're not a part of, mm-hmm. and uh, then would just go up on stage when it was time for... Their scenes uh, Now it's very much You know Two different worlds We're backstage It feels more like We're doing a play We are The audience is We're looking at You know You're looking at The row of lights And what you see Is that uh, You know Blackness in front of you Rather than Tables and clinking
6: glasses <laughs> And an ambiently lit room Yeah And food We don't smell the food And we that don't people, smell the food There was a You know uh, M-Bar was a cabaret And we could sm- smell And see what people Were eating
2: The stage picture No longer involves A waiter it's true. It's true.
6: I mean, the stage at M-Bar was uh, two steps up from the yeah. audience. so and it, was it was almost also, tiny. We
0: are currently sitting at a card table-sized table. It was about the size of this <laughs> table. Yeah. Right. It was, it was
6: brutal sometimes when there were 25 people we try to squeeze up there on that stage. That's, that's true. I mean, the stage was probably 8 feet deep by maybe 15 feet long. Mm-hmm. It was very, very tight. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean that was, no, was like that was such an intimate space for us to sort of um you know, learn our craft or whatever. And it was a fun space in which to try to offer it the Lord and honor of doing a play because you know, they people could see you come in the room before your introduction or whatever, because you would have to. And there was there were no wings, there were no teasers, there were no curtains, there was no, nowhere to hide.
1: Yeah, there were no surprises. Yeah. Uh, other than the things that happened on stage. That's right.
6: that's actually an interesting element. You know, uh, since we've been at Largo, and since the uh, this show that you write has taken off with uh, celebrity guests to such a degree, um, now we're able to you know keep them hidden until it's time for their big entrances, and that would never have been a possibility.
0: Didn't Embar, we also used to introduce each segment uh, with... The actors who were going to be in that segment?
1: We did a run. We, you know, we kind of there toyed was a little with while the introduction. Was, yeah.
0: you know, with Mark Evan Jackson and Mark Aguilari also featuring, yes. you know, and then the uh, Laundry List. Yeah,
1: and going back, we recently released for the Kickstarter backers mm-hmm. a uh, exclusive uh, Lost episode Ooh. that was recorded at Embar. Oh, wow. um, and it was really cool. neat listening to those old recordings, which are mostly terrible sure. quality um, of recording, but... Um, it was, it was really fun, you know, hearing you guys in sort of the early stages of these characters. I'm a-calling you out, Marshal. Let's ride. You can't win. Well, I can try.
4: How can you be so confident? <laughs>
6: I'm from Earth.
2: <laughs> then why are you so foolish?
6: Uh, same reason, the Earth thing, I guess.
4: Fine. Get yourself killed. Could happen.
5: Sure hope not.
4: You mean that, Red? Red Plains Rider, why do you not wish for Sparks Nevada's demise in a hail of laser bullets? Well, I guess she don't. Well, let her say why. I reckon some things are better left unsaid. This is not one of them. It may well be. It is not.
5: Listen, both of you. It ain't on account of any feelings.
6: No, I didn't, uh...
4: I didn't reckon so. I did. I feared that the Red Plains Rider still harbored feelings of affection for you, Sparks Nevada.
7: It is clear that she does.
4: Really?
6: (laughs) Is that a fact, Red?
3: Dr. Scientist, I reckon your aim was to observe,
7: not interfere. Sometimes I cannot help myself. Shrug, I am a scamp.
6: Interestingly, and this just occurred to me this moment, despite the confines of that stage in that room... The Andy Paley Orchestra was often larger yes. than it is yeah. at Largo. <laughs> I mean, it, it was sometimes eight players and stuff, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. At Embar? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was, there would be stand up basses and Jolinda Palmer and uh, Brittany Westover, Brittany Westover yeah. and mm-hmm. the whole gang. I mean, it was
2: Even it be little Ben Jaffe, who's big Ben Jaffe now. It's true. Now he's a big,
1: and yeah. it sounded as amazing as it does now. On the, uh, it's on it's the been the really lost interesting. Recording? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, when we moved to Largo almost three years ago, It took us a couple of months, but I think we found that intimacy, and it's been really neat. Uh, Especially, you know, I'll I'll often go and stand in the back of the audience during the show, and it's been really neat hearing them respond Mm. emotionally to Mm -hmm. the show. You know, we can't talk about the big one that I think we're all thinking of. Uh, Apple pie! Yeah. um, (laughs) But... (laughs)
6: What happened? <laughs>
2: this character that wasn't you yeah. did a thing.
6: Oh, I wasn't. There. It
0: really just looked like... It, your scripts just look like your lines and then <laughs> blurs, right? Bullshit,
6: bullshit, bullshit. Yeah. Me.
1: Bullshit, well, we, bullshit. we give him a script that only has his lines. Oh, well, that makes sense. And half of them. <laughs> yeah it 's a lucky coincidence that he doesn 't talk the,
6: um the audience is emotionally invested i, I mean uh, on the flip side of these dramatic things that happen that um, that you 're not going to mention it is um, such a thrill when hal will begin one of the you know intros to one of the well thought of pieces and 'll we'll say it 's time to send and the crowd, <laughs> he gets out it 's time to send and the crowd goes nuts oh, oh it 's yeah. fantastic, and we have just been in uh, in Brooklyn to do two shows uh, a few weeks ago. And, you know, we were sort of... Uh, we knew, obviously, that the podcast had circulated and that these people were had come for a reason, but we weren't certain if the, if it would be the same sort of reception. And it was so thrilling to be backstage and hear uh, Hal go, you know, Kid, shine your rest! And the place went
1: crazy. Yeah, yeah.
6: And, like, and, I you know, like, it's... I don't know. It, for me, it was like, well, I guess... They do know what we're doing. So.
1: I, I think it's, it was interesting, too, the way the audience uh, responded, both in the theater and on the podcast audience, responded to Drunk Croach.
4: Croach, uh, what are you doing here? The human-designated O'Toole has been generous enough to supply me with a steady furnishment of your grain- and wheat-based beverages, <laughs> as well as a tabulation. It is akin to an onus, but I repay it. With currency, or by trade, onus, accrued, remunerated, satisfying. So- Croach, are you, are you drunk? Regularly.
0: Yeah, drunk Croach was a, a <laughs> challenge to do because Croach for so long was exactly, you know, I knew exactly going in uh, how he feels about everything in the world. Uh, and Drunk Roach was finally the gloves coming off with Sparks Nevada, the uh, hands getting feistier with uh, the Red Plains Rider, uh, which uh, smacking Busy's on stage uh, was terrifying. Luckily, I thought of it in the second that I did it, because if I had thought of it any earlier, I would have uh, thought to myself, don't do this. Are you nuts? You will lose a hand. <laughs>
2: Which um, which moment do you relish more? When you smack uh, the Red Plains Rider on the way off the stage, or Kirsten Vangsness licking lick, my face? Licking your face.
0: Um, I think Kirsten Vangsness licking my face because wait,
1: what was that in? I don't even remember.
2: Oh, it was unrelated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> unrelated to the show. No, um, it's you know, be- got a real locker roomy in here. It I'm did. sorry. I want to say, was I'm say Tales Kirsten in the Black Lagoon. Me. Oh, okay. I'm going to say Kirsten
0: Vangsness licking my face only because apparently which of you two made a bet with her, a $1 bet, uh, that, that she would not do that? She licked I, my yeah. face. You gave her a dollar. She tore the dollar in half and gave me half of the dollar. <laughs> so I can, I can say that, uh, that instance only because I now am the proud owner of
2: half of a $1 bill that is uh, somewhere in a scrapbook at home. For the record, mm-hmm. I said a dollar if you lick his face. There was nothing about how, what would happen if she did it twice, which she did twice. Oh, did she? Okay. Yeah.
0: she so I could have gotten a whole dollar yeah. out of it if you gave her two bucks.
2: Yeah, if we had worked it out. My had face had a, is a dollar
0: a lick, by the way. That's on the Kickstarter, right? <laughs> it is.
1: <laughs> after all of your uh, it's a, crayon drawings, after yes. all of my crayon drawings. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark Evan Jackson. Hello. Besides the fact that he is you, what do you like about playing <laughs> Sparks Nevada?
6: Now, when you say he's me, do you mean um, you're him? That I've that I play him, or that I uh, that he has taken on all of my own foibles? It means whatever you want. So I like that he's taken on all of my own foibles because um, no, I um, Sparks Nevada is you know I think my favorite character to play ever, and. Um, it's because he exists in that weird world where he believes himself to be high status, and he's not. I mean, he is second to everything around him, including his sidekick. I mean, he's logically wrong, and you know, he's not as tough as his as his uh, his villains, and he's you know not as cool or good looking as the women in his life, and he's not as smart or brave as his you know trusty Martian companion. Besides, that you're him. Besides that, I'm him. That's, That's what I mean. No, it's such familiar territory, which I think uh, is why I like playing it so much. It's
4: Die O'Clock, oh, Marshal. Any last words?
6: I'm from Earth.
4: Well, of course, I see that they bury you there.
6: They know, too. <laughs>
4: It up at all.
3: Hey, look at me! I'm a talking
1: horse! Great Kelly means! That horse just talked! Yeah! And I'm still doing it! What a compelling distraction! What in the
4: you shot me while I was distracted! And now for me, it is die! Oh, Clark,
7: quite a
5: reversal. Have me buried on planet
7: Fum Fum X of the SK system.
6: Yeah, I don't know where that is.
4: Look it up, please.
6: It's a busy month. Is uh, is that Fum Fum F or Fum Fum P-H? It's
4: not spelled out in human letters.
6: Then there is just zero chance of me finding it.
4: (laughs) Tell my wife I love.
6: <laughs> Tell her what? Well, we'll never know. I say this, and you guys all often correct me, but I love playing dumb guys with big egos, and I think that he's one of these, you know, marginally effective people who... Um, you know, is so easily distracted by shiny objects. I mean, in the middle of a gunfight, uh, Sparks and Crouch will be arguing about the pronunciation of something or, you know, something that, that happened
1: hours earlier. Or the protocol for a gunfight. Right. What if the saloon keep just says go?
6: Yeah, all right, that might work. It's gotta be better than this. Barkeep, you just go ahead and say go. Oh, me? Uh, uh, okay. All right. You ready? Yep, you. So ready. <laughs> Keep. We're ready. So, what? No. Come on. Oh, no. do done... Stop, stop, go. stop, stop, stop. Stop, 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 stop. All right. Forget stop. it. Forget it. That was a bad idea. That was a terrible idea. Thank Forget you, Barkeep. It. You are relieved. All right. I reckon the uh, minute hand's coming around again. Here we go.
1: I I never think of Sparks as dumb. Right. No, I I think of because he's very capable, but he's emotionally stupid, which is something that Ben and I love writing. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think with Croach, that's obvious because he's just experiencing Mm -hmm. emotions for the first time. uh, So everyone gets to be examined, Um, but Sparks is just—he's an emotional twelve-year-old. Right. uh, And I
6: think that even when, uh, you know, Rebecca Rose Rushmore's intentions are super clear,
2: she states him, and he's like. Wait, what? <laughs> like, this, this whole time? You're like, yeah. really? And part of that... And everybody from. knew it? Okay. <laughs> an initial conversation that we had in in coming up with the character, which was, we're writing a character that traditionally would ride off into the sunset mm-hmm. and not have to deal with the emotional uh, aftermath of anything. Right. And he's stuck there, so he's got to have relationships. Yeah, that's he's, true. He's a hero, and I think he's a capable one.
6: I mm-hmm. do, too. Yeah, no, no. no. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, he's a, an effective marshal, but... The villains he faces are, you know, are stronger than he is and better shots or whatever. And it just, you know, through happy accidents always seems to work out. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. It's I mean, I think we, what we tend to do when approaching any Sparks episode is give him a win at the end, whether it's the physical win or the emotional win. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even the emotional win comes at a cost. Sure. But, uh, and oftentimes the physical win does. But, you know, the, that's part of writing sparks and being sparks is he's never going to be a hundred percent winning
0: but i feel like sparks nevada uh <laughs> one thing i love about him and it goes along the lines of what you were saying is that if like the solutions that he comes up with to the problem of the week pretty much any
6: person on a good day could, <laughs> could solve these
1: problems well he's only <laughs> as smart as we are right that's fair
6: <laughs> I also love that you've given me a revolving door of uh, gorgeous and talented actresses to work with. Yeah, let's yeah. talk
1: about that. I was going to bring it up. It's um, got oh, real locker roomy in let's, here, you guys. Let's go through. I mean, we originally, even back at Bar, the Red Plains Rider was a part of the Sparks and Croach story mm-hmm. in that each had a history with her. Correct. Um, when we came to Largo and Busy Phillips played Red and... Uh, this character really was solidified for us, uh, and, and we saw that we can really kind of take her through this emotional roller coaster. Um, she is now part of, you know, she she really is the third lead. We wrote, yeah, we wrote a couple of episodes like we did a, the the Largo run was
2: uh, an improvement, a refinement of the bar run. So we took, we went back to the first episode. And rewrote it, having learned how to better write in the five years that we wrote at Mbar And so Red Plains Rider was a character that came in and kind of left and came in again and mm-hmm. left. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of the first run at Largo with Busy playing the Red Plains Rider... Like three months time, worth, Rider.
6: yeah, Three
2: or four, yeah. 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 Uh, it was time for her to go. Um, time for the Red Plains Rider to go. And Busy read the script and said, uh, no... i'd I'd rather stay
1: (laughs) i I think we can't uh overstate how much we all fear and love busy oh yeah (laughs) i think everyone in the cast sure
3: (laughs) just let me out of here concern it
1: you just
3: tell
4: me which one of these suitors you prefer and i'll freeze you directly
3: what business is it of yours, Rubbit?
4: I would just tell him. I would also be curious to know. I would just, <laughs> Yeah, I would just, I would just tell, just him, tell that him that what's... it's
3: me. Well, I ain't in no mood to say, due to I'm going space crazy, due to I'm being confined in a giant spider's web. In a
7: lame curiosity to be set free. Yeah,
4: dog. yeah, yeah. It, it would be nice to put a nail on this conversation. Mm. It just does kinda... seem as if this conversation has been going for four months. I <laughs> <don't> really not <lie. laughs> A really long, a really long time, yeah.
3: Okay, there is a way to talk about this stuff and there is a way not to. And under duress by a robot outlaw stuck in a giant spider's giant spider web miles underground after having seen a spider massacre and having saved one suitor from being inside out to death and finding out that the other suitor got spider eggs in him about to hatch on a day that started in fighting six robots that turned into one big robot that all but destroyed the planet 76 years ago? That ain't the way to talk about this stuff. <laughs>
6: But if you had to choose.
1: And one of my favorite things, and this happened in Sparks when we brought in Linda Cardellini to mm-hmm. play your next girlfriend and then Jenny Wade to play after that. Uh, Busy uh, gets territorial Yes. on the stage. <laughs> and in rehearsal. In,
6: in and out of character. It's, uh, it's pretty great. It's very fun. Uh, the episode that we did in Brooklyn um, a couple of weeks ago was one that we had done with Linda Cardellini playing, uh, playing Rebecca Rose Archmore and Paget did it when we were in New York. But um, the venom wit- with which Busy goes, like introduces herself to, <laughs> as read, to the uh, Rebecca Rose Rushmore and says like Howdy. It's so mean. Yeah. And it's and so it's, loaded. And it's a little bit real. It's really great. Yeah, yeah.
1: She would definitely edge other actresses off the stage mm-hmm. uh, if it's if possible. Great. Oh, it's yeah. the, and it's just it's the fantastic. best. It's <laughs> fantastic. Um, but tell us a little bit, because you both ha- got to play Romantic with uh, the Red Plains Rider. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which of you is the better kisser? <laughs> I am. Well, they haven't kissed each other then. Well, how know. many tongues do you have? Because that's not fair. <laughs> no, that's fair. <laughs> Wait, um, are you
0: asking? Mark or are you asking Croach? You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Mark. Tell us about how you, you play with Red and a little bit about the relationship each of you had with Red. And has with Red.
0: Uh, I think, uh, I mean, Croach ultimately did not wind up with Red. Uh, that's out there. That's out there. They that were, is out there. They were physically incompatible. Physically oh, incompatible. And it almost felt like like in rehearsal, I remember the rehearsal where Red chooses Sparks. <laughs> And I was reading this, and I was like, what? This is bold, man. <laughs> like, I was actually personally... Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was a personal hit that uh, the Red Plains Rider uh, chose Sparks Nevada. That's and right. uh, in my brain, Busy Phillips chose
6: Mark Evan Jackson. Which I think in life she would. Um, <laughs> and uh, my reaction to it was... Winner,
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it was before the Charlie Sheen thing. Yes, yeah. it's true. It was and the, was, the podcast, podcast came out after. After oh. and we were
1: talking about that, like, oh, I feel sick about it. <laughs> it was long before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, months, months, and months before. Um, but I remember that rehearsal too because yeah. Busy had kind of you know the the reciprocal reaction, which was, oh, I finally get to choose. And, yeah. Oh, where's this gonna go? Like well, the fact that we really all invested. didn't know
0: going in like what was going to be in that particular. <laughs> scene. We're all we are all waiting to see uh, who Red Ryder. Uh, shows as well that Mm -hmm. was really fun yeah this i mean it was fun until you know i don't want to talk about it anymore it
6: hurts
0: (laughs) still
3: crouch i'm gonna give you a chance to make up the hurt you done to me
4: in this compatible body that shall prove little difficulty
3: ain't what i meant
4: thank god (laughs) Uh...
3: what i meant was let's put you back in your rightful person and see if and you still want to show me your feet Your feet. I'll need this. Hey! Now to this business.
4: Ah, yes. Oh, Oh, yes. (laughs) I am returned to my own body. Whatever. It is magnificent. (laughs) Ah. Behold my secondary spleen. Magnificent. (laughs) So gross. Not gross. So gross.
3: <laughs> what, a, what about your your feet, Crouch?
4: Allow me further analysis. Oh,
3: oh. That's what I thought. I'm getting out of here.
1: And then uh, when when Red moved on, uh, we brought in Linda Cardellini, who had guest starred in the show and we just adored mm-hmm. to play Rebecca yeah. Rose Rushmore. She um,
6: She is very fun to play with, too, because she's... You know, I don't know if it's because these people came into my life when they were on Freaks and Geeks. Like, I I know them for that. I don't know if my view of them as human beings was solidified in that moment or formed, you know, back in 1999 or whatever. But there is a very... There's still an uh, ingrained high school energy to yeah. the way they relate to one another in real life. And this is true of Sam Levine and Martin Starr and some of the other folks the, from that world that we know. And uh, so sometimes on stage linda will give me like when rebecca rose rushmore doesn't like sparks's reaction to something she'll give me this like uh, sort of look like like dad or like oh my god what and it's so funny and i mean there's i've never seen anyone do it better she does it differently each time she does it and it's so funny to me
3: computer pull up information about me rebecca rose rushmore Compiling.
5: Okay,
6: don't don't address my computer.
3: <clears throat>
5: Rebecca Rose Rushmore, noun, earthborn author of wild acclaim, famous, mm. famous for her novels about the wild western sector of space.
6: Ah, uh, dime store space cowboy books. Yeah.
5: Novels. Mm. To date, she has written eighty nine novels, fourteen wow. short story collections, and two full length works of nonfiction. She is widely considered one of the world's most popular writers.
6: Wait, which world? Earth? Because of late, I've been mostly on Mars, so that's why I wouldn't.
1: Worlds apostrophe, not world apostrophe S.
6: Whatever. See what I mean?
1: (laughs) Something that was fun, too, when we brought in uh, Rebecca Rose Rushmore was making everyone a fan of her. -hmm. And give Encroach that fandom. Mm -hmm. Um, And did I don't even know if this made it into the podcast. Which is, it was through her books that The Martians learned English. Did it not make it in? But is it still canon? It is is now. now. Yeah, Yeah. it's on the podcast. Beep 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 (laughs) beep. Um, But tell us about, you know, and we did this with Cactoid Jim, too, Mm -hmm. played by Nathan Fillion, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But. Men's roach is
4: always uh, fans of people. Yeah,
1: (laughs) which is really funny. I mean, especially considering his relationship with Sparks.
4: Sure. Human designated Rebecca Rose Rushmore. I am a great admirer of your work. (laughs) My designation is Croach the Tracker, but my unofficial designation could be Croach the big fan of Rebecca Rose Rushmore. (laughs) Not helpful.
3: Nice. But I don't like Martians.
4: Well, My entire tribe learned human English from your works.
3: Just hearing you talk crawls my skin.
4: Oh, wait until I tell Glebop the Envious that I have met you. <laughs> my progenitor read me bushwhackers from Neptune whilst I gestated. Your words rang in my ears as I consumed my broodmates. It is to you that I credit my pack dominance. Please, please
2: stop talking.
0: Um, well, I don't know. Uh, I, I know that, uh, Acker, you had said that um, when you made uh, Croach a Cactoid Gym fan, it was just because I was personally a Nathan Fillion fan. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so I thought that was yeah. kind of funny.
2: Well, because in it? contrast to how you're not a Mark Evan Jackson, right. Sure, sure. That guy's an actor. Whoa!
0: A-
6: I'm
2: taken.
0: <laughs> um, no, I, but that's you know, that's sort of the fun of uh, the show is we do get all of these guest stars, and I was a fan of Freaks and Geeks back in the day, and I was a fan of Mr. Show, and I was a fan of a lot of the things that uh, our cast comes from, and so it's uh, fun and cool to get to play with them. And just to indulge uh, that uh, inner fanboy for all of this stuff, as uh, as Croach uh, indulging in his inner fanboy <laughs> of Rebecca Rose Rushmore's work, I thought was a lot of fun. Uh, I do want to say about Rebecca Rose Rushmore To go back just a second I love that petulant child uh, Attitude of hers Mm -hmm. When uh, she is An accomplished novelist Like she is the most famous The Louis L'Amour of uh,
1: (laughs) Mars Yeah she was sort of the highest Status character we had for a while Where she was well educated And Mm -hmm. was out here doing something positive Mm -hmm. And you know was successful And found herself surrounded By all these weird yahoos
6: Mm-hmm. All of whom fawned over her, and oh, yeah. I had never heard of her.
1: Right, but I think that those,
6: you know, like that's another thing from Sparks's perspective that's so much fun to play is that all these buttons get pushed. You know, like when I think of her, anybody that's a fan of her somewhere later in the episode will go, "Hi, Marshall. Sh- shame about your emotional emotional unavailability." Like, <laughs> you know, and that it just comes out. Of, it so often comes out of like. Felton, or somebody—you yeah. know—it'll come out of like an ineffective character that—that's uh, like really doors. Really, you're talking. talking and to I can—I can
0: never tell which is uh, Sparks Nevada's, um, which are spark, which makes Sparks Nevada moderately annoyed, and which makes uh, Mr. Jackson uh, moderately annoyed.
6: Please. <laughs> Call me Mr. Jackson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we talk about Cacto Jim, let's spend a minute on uh, the current love interest on the podcast, who is Mercy Laredo, yes, played mm-hmm. by Jenny Wade. Um, let's talk about when Jenny stepped in to fill in one time for Brenda. Uh, yeah, um, oh, I Miss uh, Rebecca. Yeah, yeah, which was the first time Jenny had done the show. She had been working with director Aaron Ginsberg on The Good Guys. Um, I heard of it. Um, yes, uh, that was uh, that was
6: fun. She. You know, I think that all these powerful actors that that have come in to do it, uh, each bring something a little bit different, but one common theme with these three women in particular is that they do not wait around for me, which (laughs) I think I've successfully trained everybody else in the cast to do. (laughs) Um, I I like everybody else to go uh, quickly so that I can take long pauses. And they didn't. I think it was when she was in the very first time playing Rebecca Rose Mushmore that I was in the midst of my catchphrase saying, I'm and she began talking and like she started she was not waiting and she delivered her next I think couple of lines Mm -hmm. at once and it was like for earth, what is going on? <laughs> and so that was me, t- Marga Van Jackson, taken out of my comfort zone, and the
1: audience loved they it. Th- and, we uh, had never seen you thrown like that. It was, like so, that. Sh- it was, it was right. so funny. And I was, again, standing in the back, uh, and Ben was up in the sound booth, and I heard him laughing above me, <laughs> which you, it, it rarely happens, because yeah. we know what's coming. Sure. Uh, but to see Jenny challenge you like that was so funny, it and we said so we have rude. to put her in. so rude.
6: Uh, Miss Rushmore, if you will excuse me for a moment. Where are you going? Uh, Well, those three hombres are los banditos mutantes. They're wanted for cattle wrestling. Too
1: bad it's your night off.
6: They're wanted for cattle... Too
1: bad it's your night off.
6: They're wanted for cattle wrestling. And it's not officially my night off. Sure it is. (laughs) Well, no, I don't punch a clock. I'm actually on salary. So you're not on commission. Commission? That's... That would
1: be so an untenable way to be go. a marshal.
6: What? You can let one go. Uh, I couldn't uh, help
3: overhear you. <laughs> as I was eavesdropping. Eavesdropping, yeah. As you know, I'm against trouble in my place. Are you? But to a greater extent, I do want for love to conquer all. So please continue your date. Do not concern yourself with these here
6: ruffians. Mm-hmm. I-, I called in Croach, your deputy. Well, no, uh, Croach ain't my deputy. He's just under onus, and... Uh... I don't know. I really should take care of this oh. myself.
2: Oh, okay. No, I see. I get it. I get it. Really.
6: Good. So then I'll just be right back. It all
5: makes sense. What does? The puzzle pieces fit together and the puzzle is complete and it matches the box cover, which I only now see.
2: <laughs>
6: I don't, you have a I don't fear know of what's happening. What? Fear of commitment? No, I ain't scared of nothing. I'm, I'm the marshal on Mars, which as planets go is super scary. So, But me, I'm like, pick me. I'll be marshal. She's really fun. They, um, so how much of her story has been out yet? Any?
1: We just, did the, we just put out the uh, episode that Molly Quinn was in. Oh, great. Uh, okay. As Pamela Stalwark. Yes. Um, let's, let's talk... Uh, from The Punishment Soccer? The punishment Soccer. <laughs> She's back. She's back, people. Yeah. Oh, nice. Good. Get ready. That was a character that we time really, uh took to. Oh, yeah. um, let's spend a moment, because before Molly joined us, uh, her co-star on Castle Nathan Fillion joined us. Um, and he came in and played Ace American, and then when it came time for us to cast Cactoid Jim, who was another one of these characters that had kind of floated in and out of the old M-Bar run, um, we said, well, he's the best guy around. He is the nicest, the Cactoid. most capable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who are we going to get to play him? Well, there's only one guy who can do this, uh, and pitting him against Parks Nevada, yeah, has been incredibly fun. Uh, tell me about that dynamic.
6: Well, it's just it's infinitely frustrating because uh, not only is Nathan Fillion and therefore Cactoid Jim like very handsome and accomplished and you know striking and uh, bears a tremendous presence, but the way you've written this character which nathan is infinitely skilled at at uh, pulling off is just he's the most humble and nicest man on the planet and he's just you know like he will make it seem like it was your idea and thanks for loosening <laughs> the lid of that particular jar and um you know when <laughs> when i like selfishly try to take credit for something he'll uh, he'll go like well i guess it was your idea all along thanks for that <laughs> and it's just so frustrating Sorry I couldn't wait
3: my turn, but there was a cry for help what came from here, and I'm known in some parts to be help when it's called for. But who are you? Folks call me Cactoid Jim. What's a cactoid? A cactoid is a resilient, low-orbiting plant, plentiful on the Martian frontier, which is where I hail from. A cactoid's tough enough to thrive in the planet's worst environs. I'm regarded as similarly tough. You know how folks are with nicknames, or maybe you don't. Anywho. <laughs> Call me Jim, or Cactoid Jim, as you like. I'll answer either. Hey! Hey, the robot's got a gun. <laughs> and now he don't. You, <laughs> you shot my gun, for starters.
4: <laughs> you,
3: you shot off my gun-shooting arm. Better safe than sorry. Now, will you behave, or shall I shoot off the other one? Better safe than sorry, his rugged jaw said.
6: (laughs) On a selfish level, it was very fun at our first rehearsal to uh, be able to go up to Nathan Fillion and go... Okay, this is... uh, How do I describe this? It's kind of like a... It's kind of a Western in space. You'll get it. You'll get it. Uh, you'll see as it goes along. It's kind of cowboys, but it's space. You know, don't get nervous. I'll, I'll, hand, I'll lead you through it. <laughs> uh,
1: and then I'm thinking particularly of the episode we, we just reran yes. in uh, New York with Hodgman as Cactoid, but we did it also uh, at yes. Largo. Uh, the Croach relationship with Cactoid when He's, they go out to fight the S- Star War right. is disgusting.
0: Uh, I think that for me, it's the it was playing with the idea that everything that annoys uh, Croach about Sparks, Nevada, uh, Cactoid Jim is the opposite of that. <laughs> he says his name right. He shows him the respect that he uh, feels he deserves. He uh, you know lets him do you know lets him have full say in decision making and everything that it's. Cactoid Jim is everything that a sidekick could possibly want in a hero. And Sparks Nevada is everything that a sidekick is
6: stuck with, with his hero. Cactoid Jim is like Sparks Nevada's cool older brother. Yeah. yeah. He sees that the left leg, right. you know, yeah. once believed to be inconsequential, could really be, be... It be the
0: most important part right. of the robot Voltron, or whatever we call that. friend. Yeah.
6: <laughs> he's uh he's uniquely skilled in it and it's fun, it's so much fun to see um the audience love him doing that too love him being l like, like the they're like oh shoot pal thanks wasn't nothing it was all you you know like and they just love him uh getting Sparks' goat but also just his his yeah. portrayal of that is so Sweet and char... I, I hate him, I hate him.
4: <laughs> hey, Remember when we met Sparks, Nevada, and you cannot pronounce My name correctly, and then I stopped Correcting you because you will never say it correctly I say it right Crouch Incorrect oh, okay. Let's disagree Well, the human-designated Cactoid Jim pronounced it Correctly on his first Try Yeah, I
6: heard, I heard, he's good at pronouncing
4: Well, you ready, Crouch? See? I must admit at an uncertainty that this threat may be overcome. When? When I was planning on stopping it? But now I possess the single greatest quantity of confidence I have ever possessed. Then let's fly, gents.
0: I was going to say, are we going to uh, podcast the New York, did we, are we podcasting the New York episode? We're going
1: to put some clips in this and we're going to, I think we offer it as a exclusive for the backers. Ah. Nice.
0: Because uh, I loved John Hodgman in that role. Yeah, you can talk Because about uh, I think with Fillion uh, playing the role of cactoy Jim, you just, he's so charming and you just love this guy and he's, everything's perfect about him. You couldn't fathom that something was awry. mm mm-hmm. With John Hodgman doing it, (laughs) whom I love. Me too. Uh, With John Hodgman doing that role, you're like, in my brain, I'm like, wow, he's super nice. And he's so charming and cool and everybody likes him what's this guy playing at? (laughs) There's a certain Bond villain. Yeah, there's a Bond villain danger to him. (laughs) When he says, I mean, Cactoid Jim can say, I loosened the lid of that particular jar for you. And when Nathan Fillion says it, it's the sweetest thing in the world. And when John Hodgman says the same line, in the same way, uh, it's a confrontation.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like the the Fillion version, which is the canon version, uh, he's not quite self-aware. Cactoid. Right, and with the Hodgman version, he's definitely in on the mm-hmm. joke. He knows what he is on Mars. He knows sure. what his reputation is, uh, and and it's all you know down to the portrayal.
4: did it! Oh, you should have seen us. Victory is entirely to the credit of Cactoid Jim. No, 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 heck no, we all done it together. Oh, it was as if he gave the aliens the inverse oration from the one he presented to the humans. Right. I just told them
7: what would happen if they messed with Mars.
4: Or entered our airspace. Well, I
7: wasn't lying, but what sold it was all of us acting as a team to pilot your giant robot,
4: Marshal. Stroke of genius as using that particular means to stop them. So it goes to you. The specific detail that won the day was your demonstration that the left leg, the least consequential body part, could deliver swift death to any who did not recognize its power.
7: That's interesting. And you know what?
4: They apologized, by the way, to us and each other. I was proud of them. Cactoid Jim bloodlessly ended a millennium-long conflict. All I did was point out how they ain't that different.
5: Science aliens and technology aliens. They
4: ain't. That's what I've been saying. Well,
5: if you think about it, they're both
6: the same sides of the same coin. Yeah, that's what I told them. I
5: think, uh, thank you, Marshall,
4: for loosening the lid of that particular jar. Okay. <laughs> it was the manner in which he spoke. Okay, Grouch. You really had to be present. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: well, now. Uh- mm-hmm. uh, but I think the cactoid gym that we're, that's in the podcast that we've done at Largo uh, is the Nathan Fillion that the audience wants to see, and it's a Nathan Fillion that's really Nathan Fillion. Like gonna, he's yeah, that nice and that really humble. Is that, <laughs> that is
6: what I was going to say. That you guys, uh, you know, I don't know if it's chicken or egg, but you guys in getting to know him have written this for him, <laughs> and it really is who he who he is. We've had uh, the pleasure of rehearsing at his house several times, and even going for you know barbecues and cookouts and things, and he's. Uh, he giddily waits for rehearsal to be over, like, are we done? Are we done? Because he will have purchased <laughs> some new toy. He loves gadgets. And oh, he'll yeah. be like, here, everybody grab one of these. Okay, <laughs> when, the light, when the red light turns orange, then you have to press the button, and the last one to do it. And it's so much fun, and it's just such a childlike glee about like having people over, and he's a fantastic host, and just this week, I, I hate this person,
0: right? Well, he has this closet, uh, this closet in his, uh, right off of the living room, that is, it looks like, uh, like the prize locker at a Chuck E. Cheese. Like, you open it up, and it, he should have Skee-Ball in his place, because mm-hmm. he's got, he he actually said, as we were leaving, he's like, well, uh, you know, just uh, g- uh, grab something from the gift locker if you want, and opens up this, uh, this giant, like, walk-in closet, And he's like, hey, here, you want a laser pen?
2: You got an iPad? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're great, thanks. It's what kind of iPad do you have? Yes. Because
1: he has the case for all of them. Oh, sure.
6: To be clear, he's not giving away iPads. iPad and iPhone accessories.
1: (laughs) Um, I want to just mention a couple of other...
6: (laughs) He's a cool dude. I like him.
1: We're going to cut that out. Um, (laughs) I just want to mention a couple of the other actors and characters who have come through. uh, And if you guys could comment on them Mm -hmm. briefly. Oh, uh, it's the lightning round. Craig Gakowski as Felton. Brilliant. Work juice player, Craig Gakowski.
6: Absolutely brilliant. Finish, you came in here with an emergency. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are giving me a great deal of information that is not necessary and oh oh, you're starting the story over because i interrupted you okay
5: (laughs) meanwhile at my home i heard a noise in the alien's room which is odd is the alien ain't there i go to look and find a robot raising such a ruckus the likes of which you never did see this robot grabbed the biggest gun in there and he giggled (laughs) like i did that that one time the one time I got a, a
4: caterpillar I got a
5: caterpillar on my hand He like, was a real fat caterpillar too fat Like a roly-poly one And he, I don't know if you know it, Marshall But he tickles when he's going across your hand like that Well,
6: you were giggling, so
5: I figured And I'm like, how, this
4: tickling sensation feels so good It's like, how how much longer I can keep the caterpillar on there okay. But caterpillars turn into butterflies right. Which attack! <laughs> Anyway, the robot was giggling like I did that one time with the fat and caterpillar. Then he commenced to rocket out my place through the roof above. Help!
1: I mean, he's impenetrable. And Craig that. will push you too, oh, yeah. which I yeah. love. Yeah. I mean, you guys uh, going head to head on stage is always fun to watch. Craig
6: legitimately broke me about three months ago, um, because he <laughs> did a thing that is like the weirdest. Non-acting comedy thing in the world Um, Something had happened And his line was I didn't know And he said it twice For no reason Changing the second time Not at all (laughs) And it broke me so hard Like I I, It was Because it was person He was sitting right to my left And person to person I was like Why the hell would you do this? (laughs) Like Like that's the dumbest thing anybody's ever done. Like, because it's in this we're, we're we're side by side with our scripts. We have the same script. And he goes, and he just for no reason he goes, I didn't know. I didn't know. And, and but he wasn't saying I didn't know that I didn't know. It was just like I didn't know. I didn't know. And it was like, and why would you
1: have done that? And that is the thing that Craig can do, which will just kill. And he does it as an adventure kateer. He does it in in, uh, Ace America. It's always hilarious. He did it this Saturday
6: uh, when you and I were going back and forth about the name. Yeah. You say, uh, of course.
0: And he just jumped in when we were doing it. And it totally worked. Yeah. Yeah, we're going back and forth. Gonna, I say
6: your name just fine. Crouch. No. Crouch. No. Crouch. No. Crouch.
0: Yes. <laughs> and he just, he yeah, just, did just did it. threw it in. And, did it. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, that guy's funny. I
6: didn't know. I didn't know. That was one of my what?
0: favorite sparks, is too, to just be on the stage. It was just yeah. uh, the two of us and Craig. It just was Sparks, Crouch, and Felton. <laughs> that and, was a lot of fun. Oh, my God. That's so fun. Just, you know, keeping that beach ball up in the air with those two guys is great. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, Josh Molina came
6: in to play Barkeep. Oh, my goodness. Is he fun to be with. Um, he is another just uh, great guy, just a mm-hmm. salt-of-the-earth guy who is, like, so skilled. And obviously, you know, it's an embarrassment of riches, these guest stars that we get, because you guys always, like, bringing people out, come over to your house for rehearsal and be like, I've dug this guy as an actor for 15 years or okay. whatever. You mm-hmm. know, like, I've, I've liked so much of the stuff that he's in. And he brings this, you know, I think everybody was doing more of like a I don't know Gabby Hayes or something that people would that would guest on the Mm -hmm. barkeep previously and he just made it his own and he offered a severity to I don't want no trouble in my place (laughs) it was always kind of a joke before and like with him you go I'm serious. Like, <laughs> I, I really don't. And you don't want to give him any trouble because he's so earnest, and right. the character of the
0: barkeep is it such a sweet like it guy. Might, sounds like, oh. like it might be
1: trouble, just the kind
6: of trouble I don't
0: want. It, like, oh, you don't want anything bad to happen to that guy.
1: I feel like he has this, what, and what Josh brought to it, is this desperation to the character mm-hmm. where if you do cause trouble, he'll just break.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. he cannot handle it. <laughs>
3: Here are your drinks. Oh. What y'all are talking about? Are worst qualities? Minds uh, that I eavesdrop. <laughs> and I feel entirely welcome in conversations that don't concern me.
6: Really? Really? You sure it's not
3: your near paranoia about trouble in your place? Well, no, thanks for asking. I take your interest as a tacit invitation to join you. Oh, it was No. No, it wasn't. Well, too late. <clears throat> <clears throat> Now, as to your question, my tendency to keep a trouble out of my place, you may be surprised to learn, is among my very best qualities. Oh,
4: okay.
6: Well, bye.
3: How do you figure?
6: Oh, no, please don't ask follow-up question. No. Don't ask, oh,
3: don't ask I'm okay. You see, my wife, she's a worrywart. When okay. I'm a here in my place and she is at home in our place, she's forever a fretting that trouble will come to pass and the likes of which will see me injured. She does so love me nearly as much as I love her. Sure. Thus, in deference to her being carried away what with Worry Wharton, which is maybe her worst quality,
6: well, I try to head off trouble right at the pass. The end. Great story. That's,
5: uh... (laughs) Well, I I think that's so sweet, Barkeep. Your preoccupation is a sign of love
1: for your wife.
3: Well, I love too much. That's my worst quality. Oh.
6: Mm, I don't know. You sure... You sure your initial instinct wasn't correct and that your worst feature is your intrusive nature? No. No, it's definitely loving too much. Maybe you don't have to answer now. You maybe give it some careful thought from like from over there? or Now, how would where I think about it affect
3: how I think about
6: it? Think about it.
3: Oh, yeah, well, I think I take your meaning.
6: Well, take my meaning over there.
3: You bet, Marshall. Miss Rushmore, and might I say, I sincerely appreciate how much of trouble in my place you ain't a cause
1: of. Oh, sure. You're welcome.
5: Sure. All right.
1: The Sparks cast has grown to be enormous. Where yeah. we are it's doing spin spinoffs. It's an ensemble sitcom. It is at yeah. this point. Like we could we could fill a
2: season and have with. Sparks, Crouch, yeah. Barky. I love red, this idea. Cactoid. Wow.
1: Well, and yeah, I mean, we've talked about it too, about just doing Sparks, where we spun off Troubleshooter and we spun off the USSA. Yeah. Uh, the, it's a rich world. A whole run of just Crouches. No, well, nobody maybe mentioned not that. The, maybe I don't not think that. you guys didn't.
0: You guys didn't get that like that anything. I sent you. And hey, we got your it fan a, fig. my fanfic it was a stick figure. Yeah. We
2: put it on the internet.
0: We yeah, see. I got <laughs> to do 50 of them now. Get to do 50 of them now. Get That's what I said. Get to do 50 of them. Do you want to do more? have to do 50. Sure, I'll do more. Do you want to make that promise on this podcast? I'll make that promise on this podcast. How many more? I can do a, I can do a full 100. <laughs> you want to go? Amazing. You want to go full hundred? We're putting it on. You just want to blow hell out of the water, huh? Oh, oh, how Yeah, how thinks it's
2: watercolors. <laughs> oh, look at me! I draw with watercolors. Uh, that's Hal Urban. He's a player. Is. Yeah.
1: Before we wrap up, um, because again, we've had all of these great guest stars. I mean, Andy Daly as your horse Mercury. Uh, I'm a horse. <laughs> ridiculous. Tom Lank played Kevin the Spider, which oh was goodness. so much fun, so, good. so um, good. But talk about, and again, I didn't prep you for this. So off the top mm-hmm. of your head, are there? Uh, episodes you remember as being standouts or favorites uh, or even just moments on stage that you particularly relish. Um,
6: It's funny that you mentioned Kevin the Spider because that's one that I haven't thought about in a long time but is one of my favorites.
5: My web isn't just sticky sparks, Nevada. It's your death and my vengeance.
6: (laughs) I assume we've met. do (laughs) Do I know you?
7: You don't recognize me?
1: Well, here's a hint. He's a giant spider.
6: Can I tell you something? They all look the same to me. They all...
7: Wow.
5: Wow. Okay. You know, you, you, you should recognize me, Sparks Nevada, from my blood
6: oath. Well, that's how you recognize me. Why, why do you have a blood oath about me?
3: Hey, uh, do you have one about me, too? I'm Mercury. I'm this guy's horse.
5: Yeah.
1: No... No, just just sparks, Nevada, Mars Marshall for it is sparks, Nevada, who killed my parents, the parents of me,
5: Kevin, the giant spider
6: <laughs> and it's just one of those I was going to say bottle episodes, I get you know I could think we're in a cave, but they're all bottle they're all bottle. <laughs> they're all bottle <laughs> episodes, but it's just this you know awful set of circumstances where it's like, why is this guy so mad at me, and then as the story you know unfolds, it becomes clear like. I don't remember. Oh, were they spiders? Yeah, no. I okay. I do. I do remember that. And then I think the you know anything with the uh, with the ladies is very fun. But I one of my favorite episodes uh, because nothing happens is the uh, showdown, the standoff, when uh, Tex the robot and I are trying are doing like a high noon kind of um, you know take this many paces and draw kind of thing and can't decide what the indicator for us beginning will be can't decide how far is too far away and can't decide how close is too close and uh very little happens in that yeah. in the entirety of that episode
1: well, those are for me anyway the my favorite sparks episodes where it's all just leading up to a very small moment mm-hmm. you know it, it, the, and the lead up is the fun of sparks i think you know it's the playing in the minutiae.
2: right technically though Please. That's the episode where you lost your badge and it put you on a whole path. No,
6: like, I understand that this that story happens, but it's right. not like there's a you know a <laughs> tremendous amount of action in yeah, the thing. Fair, 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 it's fair. us going like what? I, I said go. You know,
2: that is the fun though. I'm saying so for us is yeah, like. Really, nothing happened in that episode except for it changed like, everything. Except yeah. for a giant yeah. cool plot point. Which, yeah. I
1: mean, we say this often. Which happens in 30 seconds at the end of right. the episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, I feel like we say this often, but part of the fun of Sparks, you know, of of writing it, and like even today, we sat down to come up with the next six episodes or the next year of story is what can we do to these guys? You mm-hmm. know, because Sparks mm-hmm. and Croach get to change, they get to have experiences that inform their futures. For the
0: Agony of Defeat was, um, and actually, uh, someone came up to me on Saturday. And that is the stick figure drawing that she wants, uh, <laughs> yes. is of that scene. <laughs> she
1: tweeted us too about that, oh, did which she I really? think is so funny.
0: Um, that was, uh, an episode. This has aired. Yes. yes. Yeah. This has aired. Uh, that's the episode where, Sp- uh, Sparks and Croach have to show their feet to the space crazy preacher in order, f- uh, for, to get safe passage. And uh, Martians do not show their feet, and uh, Croach is conflicted about this. But in order to show his feet, he must have his egg sacs stimulated by Sparks Nevada. And uh, that is one of the most fun bits uh, that I've gotten to play on stage. Uh, just to see how uncomfortable I can make Jackson uh, with, uh, you know overt uh sexual moaning and all kinds of (laughs) so gross yeah it was uh i couldn't tell how you did say it's so gross way more times than are in the script yeah i know that you (laughs) do you know why no why (laughs) because it is so gross that's not your favorite episode
6: fine fine you know what fine i'll i'll touch your egg sex but
4: oh but i i am not going to like this do not infer that i take pleasure in the act okay Oh, oh, Crouch, this... Uh, oh.
6: This is just absolutely gross. <laughs> it's
4: not enough just to touch them. You have to stimulate them. That's out of the question. <laughs> that's, well, you that's, must move I your would... hand. No, move your hand in an elliptical pattern with a variance of two space inches. Absolutely not, no. <laughs> then you have touched my egg sac for nothing. Explosion cannot be far fine, off. Fine, 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 <laughs> fine. Fine. Ugh. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. Oh. Do not. Oh, do not moan. Oh. Do not. I did not. I did do not yet. moan. You really did. No, I Don't. did not. Oh. Ugh. Oh. Slower.
6: <laughs> okay. I cannot watch this. <laughs> do not. <laughs>
4: What was that? Uh, Did you uh, take a picture? No, no, nothing. No!
6: Oh. Uh, that's a pretty good episode. Uh, right. uh, Gruber was the Space Crazy crazy Preacher, right? Yeah. yeah, that one, yeah.
0: yeah. I'll say this, um, but any of those Sparks Nevada episodes would work really well as a uh, cartoon. If, the cho- if given the choice between making oh, a cartoon you. of a Beyond Belief episode... <laughs> which uh, seems like a waste of time. Well, yeah, though. or making uh, one of a Sparks Nevada episode, I think you could make... Uh, I think the argument can and should and will be made that... <laughs> Uh, a sparks nevada episode is far superior it's to the a only beyond logical choice. episode it's I the think,
1: only logical choice yeah. i think two of us here can agree upon that, yeah. I, think agree upon that. Yeah. I think you're right and uh you know oh okay that's, <laughs> that's recorded i think yeah? canon. 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 i think you're right that it would be in- great and interesting sure uh, i think the people need to vote
6: have yeah. you had any feedback yet uh, from people if we make these what are they called stretch goals push goals what what are those, the next kicks by
1: the time this uh streets they will be able to vote on whether or not they want Beyond Belief or Sparks Nevada as a motion comment. Motion comment. Team
2: comic, Martini so. or Team Martian? And do you have team any Martian. early indication?
1: Yeah. Early indication has it uh, fairly well tied. Oh, I really? don't like that at all.
6: Uh, I would of, like uh, to say to the people
0: then, <laughs> you know that Frank and Sadie are human, right. and you know what Paul and Padgett <laughs> look like. Yes. Yes. Um, you don't know what Sparks and Croach and all of these uh, sundry robots look like. Wouldn't you
1: like to know? Wouldn't you? Yeah. Can we finally lock and it in? Shut up your imagination. So, so vote big and vote often. That's which right. Which they will actually be able to do. Oh, oh good. good. Yeah. Thank you guys for doing this. This was really fun.
6: Thank Super you for fun. having us in your wonderful program. Yeah.
1: Thanks for doing that program, too. Woof
6: lucked out on that show huh we uh, gags and i uh, often joke but are not at all kidding that if we were to come in the show uh, you know at this stage of the game we would never get cast no cuz we're not <laughs> nearly famous enough what are you talking about it's not
1: about famous it's, it's about actors we love we yeah, love you guys you as would, actors you wouldn't know us at this well point. sure yeah. i mean that goes without yeah. saying no, i would totally have remembered you you should get jk simmons for the show He's great. He'll probably be the next Sparks. I mean, oh, the real Sparks. nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a prequel. Is there anyone... I, this may or may not go in. Is there anyone that you guys want to see? We'll do outtakes from the behind-the-scenes. Outtakes of the behind-the-scenes. <laughs> is there anyone that you guys want to see in the show that we haven't had? I've been, pitching, uh, I've
0: been pitching one actor to Ben Acker forever. Who? Uh, Matt Frewer. I don't, I haven't that seen that guy's a any, loose I cannon. Is it, I, I just loved Max Headroom. I loved Hunting I Shrunk the Kid. Oh, I yeah. loved okay. uh, totally. Dawn of the Dead. I just think he's awesome. Man. And I'm We're not against it. it. We
6: just don't no, him.
1: I don't think we have a line to him.
6: Um, I've wor- I worked this summer with uh, two different people that, uh, whom I adore. One is Barry Corbin, yeah. who is in Northern Exposure and War Games. And uh, he and I did a Fox web series called Suit Up Together. And he is fantastic and is, you know, just a legend and. Uh, so much fun to work with and totally gets it. He's been to the show. He's friends with J.K. Simmons as well and he's been to the show to uh, to watch But uh, and with hope we'll be around more to do it. And then I shot a movie uh, this summer where I played a husband and wife with Megan Mullally who I think would destroy our show with her no. unique brand of Broadway skill and zaniness that yeah. uh, would just be wonderful. A wonderful addition.
1: Absolutely. I, th- I know Like Ben and I will watch TV or, uh, or see a movie or something and and uh, we will occasionally see an actor and go, oh my god, they would just kill on our stage. Yeah. You know, like you know a certain type. It's, a, it's, it's an easy show to do in a lot of ways and it's a difficult show to do in a lot of ways, but you definitely know the type and Megan is that type.
6: I have one other uh, also from the same movie that I shot with Megan. Uh, Tony Hale from Arrested Development mm-hmm. uh, was on it and uh, we've become friends and I think he would be fantastic as well.
2: <laughs> Agreed. Do you, have, do you have some? No.
1: Um, <laughs> you looked like you were like, no, I had, Brian Cranston. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got no, one everybody more for i breaking bad. <laughs> yep.
2: uh, I, had, I had a story, but okay. go ahead with your...
0: Uh, quickly, uh, I will throw out, if we're going people with uh, Broadway theater street cred, I would love to have Norbert Leo Butts do the show. <laughs>
2: I think that guy's he awesome. Wants. So, <laughs> uh, I was... <laughs> Years ago, when we, uh, in the, on, the, on the topic of seeing someone on TV and, and going, oh, they would be a great fit for the show, I was watching a cartoon on Adult Swim, and there was this woman who had the most precise vocal acting I'd ever heard. I was like, oh, whoever that is needs to be in the show. Uh, Bird Girl and Harvey Birdman. <laughs> and so I watch the credits and it's Paget Brewster. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. Oh, oh, we already got her. Right. That's
1: fantastic. <laughs> Done. That's great. Is there anyone else that we've had in the show that you want to get for the show? <laughs> yeah. Paul Tompkins like is very good. Uh, thanks, guys. Good night.
2: Bye. <laughs> Heads on desks. Earth.